James, I want to give you a word of caution that mm. Zach will one day too leave you because <laughs> it used to be me he'd talk to about survival horror games <laughs> and Lovecraftian <laughs> games. And now it's like, oh, James is going to be interested in this. Is, is me buying Zach Don Broco tickets. Like, <laughs> please don't leave. <laughs> I'll, I'll see your shows with you. <laughs> Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by James Wood. Hello. Adam Ryan. He's ripped the band-aid off. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Hey. Hi. And we have two very, very special guests. Mr. Kieran Stockton joins us. Hi, hi. And longtime Edward Darling. <laughs> You've been Edward Darling for quite a while. <laughs> Long time, kind of Edward fun. Darling. Hello, everybody. <laughs> the, the Ed Long Solomon. Time. Yeah. I like that. That Long time is a good title. Yeah. That's it. How are you? It has been far too long. It has been far too long. It's, um, it's, I'm good. Now, I want you to share with these gentlemen the news that you shared with me that I was shocked to hear. Well, not, maybe not like shocked in like a bad way, but I was surprised. Yeah. You know, um, you know that, that's awesome kind of way. He's got relatives in Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that I uh, started blacksmithing classes? Yes. What? That's, hey. that's fucking rad. You know what? It, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I had my first, um, first lesson on Saturday and got four more, oh, sorry, three more to go in the beginner course. Um, but we made a, like a steel S hook, uh, to begin with. And it's, it's like full on, you know, proper forge and proper anvils and hammers and stuff. It's good fun. That is badass. Yeah. Where's that at? Uh, it's in a place in Footscray. It's called Waterside, um, metal art studio, I think. Um, so yeah, my wife got me a Christmas present to do, uh, some lessons there and then, yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. That's actually a pretty inspired choice of gift. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, nice. That's very cool. What's the uh, what do you get to make in like? What's the next project? What's the big project? I actually have Knuckle no idea. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that I think the next one might be some kind of like um, fire poker, maybe. Oh. Like it's it's I think it's like a, a big long kind of fire poker, and then I think by the end of it, there's you might have two options because out the front they had a uh, one was like a snail um like a metal snail and the other one was kind of like a metal bouquet of flowers so i think maybe you get to choose between which one you want to do so yeah cool. i'm Sick. excited i'm excited for you <laughs> thank That's you cool. kieran yes Present. how are you i'm well thank you thank you for asking thank you for all your proofreading we are very grateful for your for your work <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sending it my way. I, I just no worries. love a good read. I do. Look, I do. Uh, Got to keep your mind sharp, mate. Now that you're getting, you know, close to forty. That's it. I, I know the difference. Running up that it's, hill. It's, yeah. it's only because of you guys. <laughs> I really appreciate that. No worries. 
All right, but uh, how are you? How what's what's new? It's been a long time since you've been on, since you fucked up a recording of the potty. So <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a long while. That's been about five years now, I reckon. But we'll keep on bringing it up every time. Um, <laughs> I am well. Nothing's really been happening in my world. Too crazy. I'm getting married in June. So everyone come along who's listening. No, don't. Um, <laughs> it's only. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing in my life happening at the moment. I can think congratulations, of by the way. If no one else is going to say it, congratulations. Thank you. Well, Zach does Drag know. Me kicking and screaming. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. What? Zach's You're getting married? Man, so. <laughs> yeah, My man. God. Yeah. you got to give a speech and everything. It's got to be like, it's got to bring bring it all together. I will. I'll try. Right the night. Do my best. That's it. I, I know That's you it. will. Uh. <laughs> have you written your vows yet, Kieran? I have not. Because I don't really no. know the format. Um, I'm, I Something love improving? giving speeches. I, I probably will, yeah. Um, but Do yeah, I love giving. Um, yeah. Well, no, I'm gonna I'll write my own style guide for this one. I think, but still, the format has me slightly confused. Um, I thought it would be some grandiose speech to the entire audience, but I think I've got to like look at my fiance directly in the eyes and give it that way. So the well, yeah. they're not vows to the audience. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, when I thought about it hard enough. I thought about it for more than five seconds. And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't work at all. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> this guy's it's, never it's, seen a wedding in film. It's, it's true. Just watch um, maps. There you go. I've seen wedding crashes. <laughs> That's as close as I got. Oh, maps. That <laughs> show is the devil's work. Um, I got two very quick questions for you. Uh, mm. You played a Playtale Requiem. What oh, did yeah. you think? I loved it. Yeah, it was really good. Okay. Um, yeah, amazing. I, I can't believe what the, like a double A studio has pulled off with that. And the second question is, uh, how are you finding the Last of Us TV show? Uh, yeah, it's good. Really, really tell us your your thoughts. Okay, it's good. Um, <laughs> it, it's the, the heart of it is good, uh, but it is a not violent enough, and b Ellie is very poorly cast from a physical perspective only. She doesn't look like Ellie. She, she's a great actor, um, actress, <laughs> sorry, but just doesn't look like Ellie. And I, ca- I can't even imagine, I think about The Last of Us Part Two and how that goes, and to think about her displaying any of those emotions, I just can't see it. Whereas the, the Ellie that we saw in the first one, you can sort of, it was a logical progression into madness for her. Oops, spoiler alert. <laughs> Mm, there you go, listener. Yet another <laughs> yeah. well plater who hates The Last of Us TV show. <laughs> who else hates we The Last of Us the ones TV show? Like it now. How about, I'm enjoying uh, it. Big long time. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I just I can't wait to sit down and watch it every week. I'm honestly having the best time watching it, and I love the games. Um, and I, yeah, I just think it's some of the best television I've ever seen, to be honest. And I, I Maybe actually it's missing violence. <clears throat> um. Well, it's obviously not as violent as the game, but I don't necessarily think it needs it. Like, I, I the story was always about Joel and Ellie's relationship, and I think that that's come across really, really well in the show. Um, and the the violent parts really are only there to kind of catalyze their reliance on each other. Um, hmm. Because, and you know, I think the amount of violence that it's had. It's so weird to describe it as violence because it's sort of like, does a show need to have a, um, like a quota of violence? 
Like I, I'm also, I, we've just started watching The Walking Dead. Um, and I, I say just started a, a couple of months ago. And I think we're up to episode, uh, season six or seven. And that just feels sometimes like there's way too much violence for for no reason other than, oh, we're done talking. So let's shoot some zombies or some, you know, some scavengers or whatever. Hell it's yeah. A, it's amazing. Hell yeah. Done talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but no, I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. So I'm a big fan. And I love Bella Ramsey. I think um, they're doing a great job in both Joel and Ellie, I think, are doing fantastically. And and last night's episode, I think um, the casting of Riley was great as well. It's a great episode. Loved it. Love every second of it. Haven't seen it yet, but I do like the casting, like without yes. having seen Boy, it. Alert. Yeah. I didn't know Riley's been <laughs> shot. I mean, the, uh, the episode's called Left Behind. So... <laughs> Another spoiler you didn't tell me you liked it. Left Home was great. I'm DLC. so sorry. Was, that, was, uh, that was the only DLC that came out for The Last of Us that I played. Is that yeah. the DLC that came That's out? That's the only one. Yeah. That's the only one that came out, yeah. You're up to date. They should have had her fighting Riley at the end as an, as an infected. That was how that should have ended. With her shiv spoiler to the head and blood and guts. No, like that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's missing anything at all um i'm really enjoying it are they the best eaten strawberries that you've seen in a tv show <laughs> but yeah and that whole honestly i could gush about how much i loved that episode i think um nick hoffman and is it murray bartlett is yeah. that the mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he i hadn't seen him in anything before and he was just sensational and He's nick hoffman really his range has just expanded so much for me like because, uh, you know, I watched Parks and Rec and he was always that kind of machismo, sort of like no-nonsense guy. And then to see him in such a tender role was just really lovely and heartwarming. And I, oh, yeah. I really liked how they handled it because um, I kept wondering when they were going to sort of... I mean, I don't want to say too much and spoil anything for people who haven't seen it. So I wondered how they were going to handle how we would see Frank in the in the video game, uh, Bill in the video game, like how they were going to sort of do that uh and then they just went in a completely different direction and i thought they did a really good job mm. loved it we agree cool i think yeah adam are you up to date i am up to date i watched the the most recent episode last night and had a, a really good time i had never played the the left behind dlc i never got around to it in the the first place but i knew kind of the mm. the cliff notes of it um but no i really enjoyed the episode i thought it was really good Cool. All right, shall we talk video games now? Yes, let's do it. That's we what we're here to, to do. Talk about, so we'll whip through very, very quickly. Has anybody played anything that they actually do want to talk about that's not for content? Because I know that Nathan's got a lot to, sh- to talk about. James has got a little bit of something to talk about. James doesn't know what, what yes. he's talking about. He <laughs> no, I, I, have a, I have a very good idea of what I'm talking about. Kieran's got <laughs> something to talk about and so does Big Ed. Yeah. Long time. I'm here too. Um, <laughs> what do you got? Oh, no, yeah, I, got, I guess you can talk about it. I've got very little to talk about, but I'm along I for the ride. Desk. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, so who's played anything that, that you want to quickly talk about that's not content-wise? Nobody? I just want to 
give a super quick shout out. I've been um, speeding through the original Resident Evil 4 for, I'd say, pretty obvious reasons. Um, I am in the castle sections at the moment. I've been separated from from old mate. Um, That game holds up so fucking well. Mm -hmm. It's absurd how playable and how much just fun the balancing of combat is in that game. Um, Like you'd think after playing those new remakes, it'd be hard to go back to rooting to the spot and shooting. But um, no, it just, it's a little puzzle every time you have to fight anything in that game. And it's, Mm -hmm. It just holds up really well. I'm having a great time. Did you, uh, did it take time to adjust to go back to that sort of rooted to the spot? Because I know I tried to play it with Anna, which mm. adds another layer of difficulty to it. Um, <laughs> but, um, Other horrors. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't. And it, it probably comes down to the fact that I think I've played Resident Evil 4 like 12 times at this point. It, right. It's like that game is muscle memory to me now. Um, so it's hard to sort of, differentiate how it would be good to go back to it as a modern audience but i don't know i had a good time cool anybody else no i'm just going playing through the original hollow knight again because it's just so good (laughs) i'm loving it loving every second of it can't wait for silk song i started as i'm sure sidetracked i should go back you you gotta go back to it it's honestly just such an achievement from tim cherry proofreading yeah. <laughs> yeah, reading my scars above review. If I, yeah, if I get a break, I'll have a quick <laughs> yeah. go. Uh, I actually discovered that a point-and-click game that I was very keen for like three years ago that was like shelved or frozen, as they called it, uh, actually has, is back. Uh, in January, they announced that it's their their restarting development, and I, they made the prologue available. That game is called Brass Heart, and I played that, and it's pretty cool. Is I actually recorded the gameplay and threw it up on YouTube. It's point and click. You know, you know what is it by now? After you've if you've heard this podcast, uh, art style is pretty cool. It's like set in like a nineteen twenties. Uh, they call it like diesel punk um, setting, and uh, it's kind of like Nazi inspired. Uh, so you're a daughter of a inventor. I believe i'm trying to remember uh and yeah you fly to his place in and this like uh army is like taking over like parts of europe or something like that and uh yeah you have to it turns out that your father actually created the thing that led this army to be able to take over parts of europe and in order to Stop it, you've got to go find this brass heart, which is like three different parts and they're all located across Europe and that's basically where the prologue ends. Pretty cool. Uh, keen, to, keen to play more. Yeah, sounds cool. And I played more of Dredge, uh, James. Mm-hmm. I'm hooked, good, man. Good shit. You still enjoying it? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I literally just stayed out as long as I could um, mm-hmm. in the water. And it gets, yeah. it gets like, yeah, like I still haven't seen like much crazy shit like rocks mm. pop up like so like i thought i was just so i was just holding the thing down and i was like yeah sweet i'll just go on my phone and i ran straight into a fucking big island or something like it like a big rock and then my holes damaged mm. and my fish would go oh, on yeah. and then, then the birds snakes up in me. you isn't it yeah mm-hmm. i was so confident i knew the path back to the um the island and i was like oh it's only a bit after dark I'll, I'll be fine and i just slammed straight into some rocks uh it was a stressful experience but were they there during the day well that's the thing like i was convinced that there was nothing in my way and so i'm wondering if like the higher your madness meter the more that the game is going to throw random shit at you um yeah yeah very cool that comes out march 30 31st something like that 
Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk. We'll totally. probably talk about that uh, a bit later. All right, Nathan, do you want to kick us off? Because yours is very, very, very exciting. I'm excited to hear about it. Mm. Uh, you went to Japan. I went to the great Nippon, yes, uh, in the last week, courtesy of Square Enix to go hands-on with an upcoming little gem of a title called Final Fantasy Sixteen. Woohoo! There is a lot to talk about here, so you're going to need to hold my hand a little bit for time's sake because I, I can cover a lot. <laughs> I, I Your mean, friendly nudge. Yeah, I got, <laughs> you know, there was a pretty hearty little presentation in there to start. Let's start the start. So anyway, uh, myself and a few other notable names who I won't call out, I suppose, have gotten to Square Enix HQ in Shinjuku, Tokyo. And uh, they took us to, strangely enough, Luminous Studios floor. So the Forspoken Final Fantasy Fifteen floor probably because there wasn't too many secrets in there for us to see as we wandered the hallways at this time but anyway they got us sat down uh yeah with, with the game the bespoke final fantasy 16 and they've effectively sat us down about five hours into this game and they've given us a few heads up about what to expect so just as a primer final fantasy 16 is not an open world game in fact, during interview, we were able to probe them and find out that this is effectively more in line with what we'd expect out of God of War. In fact, this game takes numerous cues from God of War. It seems like the entire executive production team have just been playing nothing but God of War for the past few years. <laughs> what I mean by that is this is a very exciting entry point for people that have not normally played Final Fantasy games. This is a you know, straight-down-the-line action game like what we'd expect with God of War or any of Platinum Games' as Spectacle Fighters, for instance. There's no stamina meter. Um, there's no magic meter. It's all about, you know, fast, frenetic pacing, dodging your attacks. Oh, sorry, timing your attacks and dodge rolls and parries and stuff like that. Enemies will fuck you up real quick, so you've got to be careful. It's not quite as intense uh, and, you know, deliberately paced and patience-demanding as, say, uh, Stranger of Paradise, the other action game from this series, but you have to understand... Final Fantasy as a brand, as a series, has mostly been turn-based. So that, that's not exclusively what, the, what, what these games have been in terms of genre, but this is a quite a notable departure for the series where a mainline title has just gone straight in on an, an action game and an adult one at that. Expect blood and gore, expect swearing, expect a lot of stuff that's going to push an adult rating that we don't typically see with a Final Fantasy game. Can I expect Be crystals? You can expect crystals, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> interestingly God, enough, producer, God. you know, Yoshida-san, Yoshi P from uh, Final Fantasy fourteen fame, you know, made it clear that this is not a game that should be associated with anything that's come before it. And they're not contractually bound to include those staples of previous titles, but yet crystals are at the heart of it. So, to give you an idea of what the story's like, because it hasn't yet been spelled out in clear terms, uh, we're playing a fellow called Clive, we start during his sort That's of... terrible. I know, just Why straight down the line, white, red, Clive. And of course, you know, me, me and the other press were just sitting around going, <laughs> what's the one Clive you can think of? And they've all gone, that fucking Palmer. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so you're playing Clive. You start off as him in like late teens and you're actually going on a like a 20-year journey through his life. So you're going to be following this character through this world. There's going to be numerous time skips. It's going to be a seamless experience like God of War, you're going to go from gameplay to cutscene to combat and vice versa in between without any kind of interruption. You know, it's got that seamless kind of tracking shot uh, approach to it, which is really cool. They've really made this really cinematic. 
There's crystals, of course. So these crystals are effectively like staples of the world, marking out different geological spots that the nations are formed around. There's kind of this Cold War struggle that's going on between the nations. Each nation has uh, a character that's able to possess the power of the Final Fantasy summons. They're effectively human gods, but they're generally like pretty innocent, nondescript people that have just happened to obtain these powers and they're not desirable powers. You become the object of, um, you know, Cold War nation, nation tensions and struggles. It's not like you can just go off and um, conquer another nation with these powers. You know, you, you're effectively putting a target on your back. Uh, the powers or the summons in this game, they're called icons. As I said, they represent the different summons, the fire, ice, etc., etc. As you may have seen in the uh, release trailer, or sorry, the reveal trailer, these summons will also have battles with one another. These icons will have these like kaiju battles. We were teased with one that I'll touch on later where we got to play out one of these battles where Clive turned into the icon or summon Ifrit, which of course is another staple of the series. Uh, so just, just fast forwarding a little bit, we're five hours into the game, we're playing young adult Sid, he's wandered with uh, Sid, or Sidolphus as he's known, so Sid, again, I'm, I'm reeling off staples of Final Fantasy games, uh, for those that aren't familiar, so Sid normally pops up, he's like a, a shipwright or an engineer or something in this game, he's kind of a protector of these people that are possessing the icons, because as I said, they have a target on their back. Uh, he himself possesses the power of icons. And so we've kind of paired up to pursue someone that's killed Clive's younger brother. Now, one of the cool things uh, of Sid is, or rather both characters, is there's impeccable voice acting and facial capture here. This, I think, is a series first. They've recorded motion capture, done this whole thing in English first. And they've gotten, you know, prestige voice actors, actors from television and stuff. They've got actors from Game of Thrones, all kinds of shit. Again, Game of Thrones, big influence on this series. When I was asking the uh, devs, you know, what, what was a prime influence here for your creative, uh, inspiring your creative process, they all cited Game of Thrones. And it's very evident here. As I said, this game's really fucking dark. Um, just trying to find out who Sid's fucking voice actor is. I can't recall it. Anyway, if you're isn't that mildly outrageous, like if they're not doing it in Japanese. Sorry, what? Isn't it mildly outrageous that they're doing it in English? I mean, it's sort of. It I is. Guess it makes it sense, is. But... And I got the impression it's because of this passion that the devs have had for Western media over the past few years, Western prestige media. They've just been gobbling up Game of Thrones and that. So it seemed odd, almost odd to me that they would go for Game of Thrones actors, but I think they've just been celebrating it that much that they don't. Uh, Yoshi P, again, I'm, I'm switching to the interview, made it very clear that this should not be considered a JRPG. In fact, he almost considered that a slanderous term for racial reasons unexplained, but he, he considers this should just be considered a action role-playing game. There, and, and he's right. This is not what you would expect to see of quote-unquote Japanese role-playing games. So there's no turn-based here. There's no cringe anime characters to speak of whatsoever. A lot of the tropes that both you know fans enjoy, but also bring down that genre and make it hard for outsiders. A lot of them are gone. You know, there's very little resource management. There's very little in the way of stats. It's just a pure down the line action game. So when you go into battle, you'll be um, mashing you know square for attacks. You've got magic bound to uh, triangle, so you'll be firing off magic missiles like pretty rapidly. There's no limit to it. There's no meter to it. You can use it to 
It's mostly good for like interrupting other enemies, but you can also take down enemies from afar with it. Depending on which icon you've got equipped, because Clive is a bit special, he's able to get the powers of multiple icons. So again, multiple of these elemental summons, depending on which one he's got equipped, it will determine both what special cooldown abilities he can use, but also what magic attack he's got bound to triangle. Uh, in the preview, we had three uh, icons. There was Garuda, which is this kind of like a wind dragon bird. Uh, so you're doing all these very fast pirouette, almost dance moves where you're flying up in the sky and twirling about and just chopping shit up. There was Titan, which myself and a few of the other journos probably had as a favorite. We're talking really meaty attacks, and this game makes full use of the dual sense. Every attack in this game just vibrates through the controller, and it just kind of follows the flow of battle. You'll have ta like haptics moving left and right through the controller, buzzing with the flow of and tide of battle. It's very tactile. Uh, it, it's easy to say that this is a game that will stand up amongst the best action titles on the PS5, at least as far as like haptic feedback's concerned. Another thing that we see from God of War is as we're moving through this castle in the Kingdom of Walid in the east, and I can't give too much away for spoiler reasons, but as I say, we're on the hunt for someone that's killed Clive's younger brother, and uh, as we're moving through this fortress, all these people are dead, and we're seeing all these signs of slaughter, you know, blood everywhere. Um, the characters are doing that God of War thing where they're just sort of narrating the environmental storytelling for you in case you're not picking up on it. There's very little in the way of text. Like, you, the game does not want you to stop and read. It's very much about moving in a forward direction and never breaking the pace. Uh, as you come across, you, you will come across those transition sequences that disguise loading. So you'll come across a gate and it'll ask you to hold R2 to lift the gate. You've really got to yank your finger down on R2 to lift that gate, which is something I always find just a small little novel delight uh, in terms of masking load screens. Uh, the boss fights themselves are terrific. I mean, we've got the composer from Final Fantasy XIV on board, which in my opinion is probably their best composition in the Final Fantasy series. Uh, it absolutely takes no prisoners. It booms. Uh, the boss fights themselves usually have many different phases to them, and you've got limited potions available to you, so you've also got to quite manage how much damage you're going to take because these like boss fights will fuck you up, enemies will fuck you up. This game doesn't pull any punches in terms of challenge. It's not as hard as, say, Stranger of Paradise, which can be quite brutal, but this is definitely on the harder end of the scale, so it's going to require players to be quite adept and on their toes. Side note, this game has what the devs want to call accessibility issues. I want to call them assists, because I don't see them as being able to open the door to people that are deaf or blind or anything like that. Um, but rather this is going to lower the barrier of entry to perhaps players that aren't as comfortable with a faster-paced action game. Uh, there's five key assists. Uh, two of them are effectively the same thing. One is to basically automate dodging, which is, some, which is an option we often have in Platinum Games games, like Bayonetta and stuff like that. There'll be an easier option which will automate evades for you. So there's that. Um, there's one that also just sort of slows down time a little bit when there's an incoming attack, which I think we might have seen in games like Nier. Like, I think there was abilities to equip in Nier that would sort of slow down time just ever so slightly with an incoming attack. Uh, so I started with the slowdown just to kind of get a feel for the game. Uh, these are items that you equip as kind of like accessories, so after a while you can just kick it off, like just turn it off. All players will start the game with all these assists, um, by default, one game mode will have them all on. There's no penalty to taking them off. 
Uh, there's another assist for like auto attacking. So it's just automating all your combo strings, which ironically just makes the combat play like Final Fantasy 15. For those that don't know, that was basically a game where you just held, held square and all the combat would do its, st do its stuff for you. Um, there's, I've got to be very careful about what I say because I'm, I'm risking spoiling things. But I guess that... In our 30-minute preview, that's kind of what we saw. We went into a fort. There was a lot of medieval-like soldiers. This is a high fantasy setting. There's no, like, tech or anything to look at. This is all magic and swords and shields. Um, you would beat up room full of uh, medieval troopers. You know, they'd flank you, and the camera would tactfully zoom out whenever there was area of attacks, area of effect attacks to dodge. Boss fights have mechanics from Final Fantasy XIV boss fights, which I thought was fantastic, so... Um, someone like James would know, for instance, there's fights where you'll see like lanes across the battle map, like telegraphed <laughs> and, you know, to kind of dance out of the way, you got to do all that kind of shit in boss fights, which I thought was, I, I had a big grin on my face. It absolutely works. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, and then that, that was the 30 minute demo. And then aside from that, we got to dip into a kaiju battle, one of the big icon battles. And it was like a wrestling match. So this, the moveset was effectively the same as Clive, but the weight was completely different without being sluggish. You would press a button and your attacks would normally like... You're, you're playing like Ifrit's almost uh, like a four-legged creature. So you would lunge your attacks. You wouldn't just sort of dance like a bipedal uh, character. You'd sort of force yourself forward and you, you're almost committing to the attack. Whereas Clive can sort of dodge out of attacks. You've got to put your weight forward when you're committing to any kind of... Um, aggressive maneuver uh, there's also like um, missiles and magic you can throw so that you've got these cool like Avangalian moments where you're sort of throwing lasers at each other and cancelling each other out ask the dev you know um, ask like Yoshi Pan the dev team what, what's the deal here they said yeah we love Avangalian we love Godzilla we just wanted to compress all of that into this and I was like brilliant it works each of these icon battles are unique. They're not repetitive. They are in themselves a spectacle. So the one I had was like a wrestling match. We're just going toe to toe. Uh, we're wiping down forests while we're doing so because these are like gigantic creatures. We're kicking down ruins. It's all very cinematic and very cool. None of it's on rails. So I was having a lot of fun with that. But we also got preview teased with other icon fights which had like shoot 'em up sequences where you're like flying around the sky and there's these big sort of like dragging you and you're shooting bits and shit off its back and there was like real shadow of the colossus moments where you've got ifrit trying to clamor up some monster that's like a hundred times bigger than him all like cool a shit. panzer dragoon situation or something panzer dragoon exactly right yeah so there was there was an icon battle like that so they've made sure that they're not unique in terms of the move set but also just in terms of the pure spectacle and arena that's taking place uh, so very excited. That's the teaser of the 30-minute demo that I effectively played. I played through it about two or three times using different configurations. You, you can reset the skill tree for free at any point, which opens up all different avenues of play styles because there is a very vast array of abilities at hand between all the different icons. Uh, there, There is a lot of game here for five hours in, and we're told that there's 11 hours of cutscenes alone, which... It's probably not surprising. These games have a lot of waiting time. But if we've got 11 hours of cutscene, let's assume that at least we've got 50% more in gameplay. It's it's probably going to be at least a 30-hour game. It doesn't you're saying padded. there won't be any anime gasps? You're saying that there are... No, no. Those... The voice acting is top-notch, man. When so I'm listening five to hours it, of anime gasps. So we're not having that much. Yeah, let, <laughs> let me say this this is an award contender for, for <clears throat> acting. Like This is phenomenal, the talent that they've brought in. And every 
you, you can sense the anxiety of any upcoming like situation. These characters are absolutely on the edge as they're surviving in these encounters, and you can hear every pained gasp from the actors, and it all sounds so on point. Uh, it was There's only truly one thing phenomenal. I need um, that you haven't really mentioned. Mm. Uh, what's the hair like? The hair is... <laughs> The hair is... A, we're getting more down-to-earth with the hair. So we're, we're going How for... How dare you, really? Yeah, we're go, it's, it's more like that 2000 sort of grunge scene boy look okay, at worst. Right. At worst. So, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no billowing mullets that defy gravity or nothing like that. Oh, this is a lot... It's oh, a God, very yes. grounded high fantasy that's very... Again, you, you risk casting casting racial lines here, but it's clearly heavily Western inspired. It wears it on its sleeve more so than we've seen with previous games, where it's kind of condensed through this lens of what we might expect, like anime. You know, there's this lens of anime that Final Fantasy's often cast through. This is cast through like fucking Game of Thrones. Like there's they do not give a fuck. Uh, it's it's I, I I really don't know, man. Like they didn't give us too much context here, but there's a lot going on. Can I ask? And like you, you'd be the person to answer this, I guess. Like as the kind of JRPG guy on, on our show, oh, um, do you think it, in them pursuing this particular like Western bent, um, mm. ha, do you feel like they've maybe sacrificed a bit of the identity of Final Fantasy? Because like the game you're describing to me here doesn't sound like Final Fantasy to me. You're, you're absolutely um, right, and, and I like, think aggressively uh, so. Yeah, okay. They're, mm. they're really trying to distance themselves from the Final Fantasy, the brand. Like I find that a bit sad. Yeah. Um, just, just a touch. At the, mm. I mean, I, I'm not a proponent for, for Final Fantasy because I'm kind of on the opposite side of the, the scale. When, when, you know, Nathan kicked things off, I was like, all right, here's 10 minutes of me kind of tuning out of JRPG bullshit. But then yeah. as you were going on, I was like, oh, now hold on a moment. I'm all of a sudden excited about Final Fantasy for literally the first time in my life. Do I not think after 16 games it's okay to kind of break that mold a little bit? Like, I know that they've done it in the past and they've kind of with, you know, from 14 being an MMO, I know there was another MMO mm. along the line, 11, 15 yeah. being a little bit different, the 7 remake again kind of mixing between real-time and and um, turn-based, but... I mean, 16, like this is a long running franchise. Is it not okay to kind of move away a little bit and not do a Dragon Quest and just pump out the same game with a different skin on it? Well, I think that's a point. And just for context sake, this is the first time that they've done the whole like medieval high fantasy, Final Fantasy in like decades. They've been progressively since seven getting more and more into this kind of uh, punky, you know, futuristic vibe with all this sort of future Yeah, it's like technology. retro future tech kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. They wanted to flip the script and they've brought in the director for Final Fantasy V, which was effectively what I would consider the last pure medieval high fantasy Final Fantasy, uh, which was also a very weird one. They did a lot of, you know, they pushed a lot of boundaries, did a lot of odd things in that game. They've put him front and centre and they've said, okay, let's make a classic old school Final Fantasy, put it at the fore and age it. So this is the first time that we've really revisited that old, decades-old Final Fantasy and then put an adult spin on it. So it's actually grown up with the audience, in a sense. And um, they're, they're quite fierce in making the, making it known, like, this is inspired by God of War. This is inspired by John Wick, Game of Thrones. Like, we've been consuming a lot of adult adult media here on the team, mm. and this is what we want to put front, like front and centre in this game. They were very what, on the cuff about that. What I find interesting, though, is that, like, so 
there was a bit of backlash when 15 came out because people were like, it doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy game. Mm. Similar to when Final Fantasy 13 and 13 2 and all that kind of stuff came out because it didn't True. it didn't feel like fans of the series from, you know, the early days to more recent times. Um, it didn't it felt like it was kind of a departure at that level, even, mm. you know, after sort of 10 and 10 2 was sort of after that, it kind of felt like, oh, this doesn't really feel much like a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And also they're not really shy from including elements of the series in standalone titles like Stranger of Paradise. Correct. Um, and it's it's just odd to me that they've chosen to go down such a different path for a mainline like numbered entry rather than taking because it sounds like a really fun game but it doesn't sound like a final fantasy game to me and, and so it's in- right. yeah. yeah like it's it's interesting like i don't know why they wouldn't have just sort of branded it as maybe like a you know final fantasy chronicles whatever like It'd a title a marketing thing for sure People yeah yeah but then it, and i feel like there's probably going to be a lot of discipline like i think it's going to be a fantastic game but i definitely think there's going to be a, a, a pretty sizable chunk of the um, fan base who are going to be maybe a bit disappointed in this um and, and ed's right i got the impression in my interview and ju- just for clarity i was uh interviewing the producer yoshi p as i said notable for building up maintaining the beast and behemoth that is final fantasy 14 which is just forever successful uh he, yeah hiroshi takai which is the director of final fantasy 5 and uh ryota suzuki who is the combat director of of Devil May Cry 5. Like, that's the talent that they've brought over. This is not news, but that's the talent that they've brought over to guide this very different uh, style of action gameplay. And during the interview, they were almost on the defensive about, like, they are aware that this is not what Final Fantasy fans want. This is not what Final Fantasy fans are going to recognise. That's what they're going to get. But it's what they're <laughs> going to get, and we're really going to push every boundary we can in doing so because they felt like the Final Fantasy brand was becoming too arbitrary and and bound by its icons you know it's crystals it's moogles mm-hmm. it's chocobos yeah they're here but they're paying tribute to a much darker setting um and all of that is they just kind of take second you know they're they're, they're second actor to the world that is which is kind of a bit fucked up so do you think they'll um, actually, transpose the um the chocobo song into like a minor key or something like that? Well, okay. So here's so obviously they've got the Final Fantasy fanfare, which we know from all through the series. Da 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 da. Gregorian hymns. <laughs> they've yeah. done it in a fucking Gregorian hymn, and yeah. it sounds epic. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, it's look. There are there is going to be a little bit of stir, but I have a feeling it's going to die down, um, or at least. There's no doubt this game's going to find its audience. I'm just yeah. curious to see if the audience moves further afield from the traditional towards... I'm, I'm hoping and expecting it's going to pick up a good chunk of the God of War fan base because there's nothing in this game that screams Japanese, quote-unquote, RPG. There's nothing in this game that screams Weeaboo Final Fantasy and a lot that is just drawn from the DNA of God of War, the best of God of War, and the fact that we get to move out from this hub world in all different branching paths, come back to this hub world, and over years see this world change, like over 20 years. So it's a it's a pretty exciting proposition for the world to be a growing character that we've got to become intimate with over the 30-plus hours. It's Sounds a, fucking it's a little, rad. It's a little different, but uh, it might have been Adam and maybe Ed kind of made me think about this, and James might agree 
not probably game quality wise, but uh, identity fan base and that wise, it yep. kind of reminds me of RE6 like a bit. Like you're saying that this is the game mm. that fans don't want, but this is the game they're making. This is the kind of game that you're going to get. And if, if you didn't put RE6 title on that game, it probably doesn't review as poorly I think as it did. I mean, it still wasn't a great action game, but Correct. I, do, I definitely yeah, take I, your point. Um, yeah. yeah, the the specific branding of like, oh, we're darker now, we're more Western now. It's that there's a lot of those sort of like familiar tones being hit here that I've, I find really interesting. Yeah. Um, and I definitely don't begrudge them moving in a different direction. Like I, I, I really respect Yoshi P and I think that him coming in and sort of deciding like, fuck you, we're, you're going to get what we give you, um, is, is not a bad impulse at all for such a long running franchise. And if it brings in people like Adam, like that, that's really good. Uh, I just, the specific influence points, I'm like, interesting. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No, we're not. Hmm, I haven't been teased with any like sex or like incest scenes or anything like that. I think <laughs> They're playing it a little bit, you know, on the side of tasteful care. But mm. I'm very intrigued. As I said, the, the acting is phenomenal. Within seconds, I was on the hook with characters like... I think, for me, Sidolphus was the standout character. He reminded me of, again, a bit of Final Fantasy talk here, but I think it was Balthus from Final Fantasy twelve who... The, the pirate character who effectively overshadows the main character. That was mm. very much my experience here. Balthier. Balthier, thank you, thank you, sorry. <laughs> Uh, he almost kind of played in a way like your Mimir or, or God of War companion character who's who's giving you the exposition as you go but making sure that nothing is broken in the pace and you kind of form that familial bond quite quickly because they're so personable. Um, but also, as I said, this is quite a serious world, so don't expect too much in the way of humour outside of the sardonic. Uh, it's it's not a very ha-ha, happy, happy feel-good kind of game. Cool. All right, well, we look forward to checking out your content, your uh, preview and interview. Correct. Is that what we're looking at? Yep, cool. Very nice. Uh, James, we'll go to you because yours is probably going to be a bit quicker or a lot quicker yeah. than that. Because um, <laughs> you, well, you and I, we had access. I hope we're, here, hope we're on the same page here. Uh, you and I both had access to a 15-ish minute, 18 Seven, minutes. 17 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, 17 minutes of hands-off gameplay of RE4. Um, yes. This is a pretty, uh, well, yeah, but pr blessedly a pretty uninterrupted look at the gameplay. Um, like this isn't a trailer cut. This is, you get long segments of gameplay here that we got a good chance to uh, take a nice hands-off look at. And um, yeah, it is looking exceptionally impressive. Obviously without hands on it, it is very difficult to say if it's going to play well. Um, but from everything we see, and I think you and I sort of are on the same page mm. with this, like there is a, there is a thud and a meatiness oh, to this game. It looks um, so good. It looks <laughs> it so good. It does. I guess mate, like... Though that, mm. that, that guy playing it or that person playing it. Um, Not great. Fucking, and, and he loved that roundhouse kick, didn't he? He did. Well, look, I mean, it's a great roundhouse <laughs> kick. I think one of the main things that RE4 nails is the, you know, shoot them in the knee, run up and then do whatever cool animation you've unlocked at the time kind of thing. Um, and that is still very much present here. You know, this combat loop looks, uh, I've noted down, it, it's kind of like they took what they were already working towards with RE3, which was already a much more action orientated third person gameplay and beefed it up and sped it up even more. Like mm. this looks solid and it looks like the way you're engaging with these mobs of enemies is a lot faster. Um, you, you seem to be hitting quite hard. Even the base handgun has a nice, like, wet thwack when it hits something. <laughs> it is it is an immensely satisfying sound. Um, can you move and You shoot? know, I guess, like... Sorry? Can they, can you move and shoot? No, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Blessedly. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> RE2 and 3. 
But yeah, um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. the, it's the new RE. It is the new method the of old, engaging with this world. So no tank yeah. The modern classical no. RE game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess some other combat highlights that I noticed was uh, at some point somebody throws a Molotov towards Leon and he knifes it out of he the air, <laughs> <laughs> which, um, you know, outstanding uh, dedication to the kind of like silly tone, I guess, of RE4. Like I think making him an outright action hero here is the correct move to make because like when you play RE4 the right, well, you know, correctly, quote unquote, um, you do feel like an action hero. And the cutscene version of Leon that you got in that original game seems to be the one you are playing as in this game. So there's a lot of kicks, a lot of very swift, you know, John Wick-esque movements, I suppose, with his gun. There's a suplex. There oh, is the suplex is back. Oh, that was my one yes. question. So we, Very much so. Um, we got to interview Capcom. I don't know who exactly that we're speaking to, but we got to fire off some written questions. And James, I was really trying to think of a suplex question, like, oh, did you mocap? Kurt Angle or something. Yeah. I, know. I was really trying to think. <laughs> just of tell us about the suplex. Just whatever you want to talk about, just talk about it. Yeah. Um, um, Liam was your first love, wasn't he, Zach? Mate, it's uh, your only love. He's my only love. <laughs> first and only. Yeah. You never forget your first, that, right? That's it. That, that's yeah. It. Um, so <laughs> we've also got uh, just some other things that I noted down from combat. Uh, quick select of weapons mapped to a D-pad now, so you don't have to open up the attaché case to change what you're using, which means he was switching between weapons on the fly. It was very satisfying to watch. One thing I saw, I don't know if you if this is new uh, to this mm. game or if it's in the old games because I can't quite remember, but you can actually, on the D-pad, you can double up. Yes, yes, yeah, like a double tap will select yeah, like the so next you weapon have... you've got allocated. So instead of yeah, so two pushes of the up button will go to the second whatever it mm-hmm. is that you've mapped to that to that button. Yeah, and it looks. I'm I'm sure you will be able to choose it yourself. Um, it, it looks in the game as if it had like you know sort of the standard SMG and then a, a beefier SMG above that. So I'm not sure if it's allocated based on like weapon type. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll find out in time. I'm sure. Um. The the attaché case I do want to give a special mention to here because I feel like that was the, you know, like a real selling, well, not a selling point, but it, it was a massive charm point for the original game, right? That you got to play a little game of Tetris with all your items and line them up in your case. Um, that does very much return. The attaché case can now be visually customized. You can choose skins for it. Uh, <laughs> you can get little key rings that dangle off the edge when you're looking at your, your case. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a lot of little touches here that indicate to me that they understand why people love the original RE4, um, while they also haven't been afraid to, like, effectively just blow the door off the hinges. This game, there are sections here where I had just played through them in my RE4 playthrough, and then I saw them, I was like, I see the bones of it here, but you, everything around it, you, you've just, you've beefed up to such an insane degree. Like, it's a 15 out of 10 kind of experience is what it looks like now. Um, so that means it's darker, it's a, it's a lot vi- more, like, gritty and violent, very bloody. Uh, a lot of... Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, lean into that, that violence. Um, yeah, so it looks incredible. Uh, the Los Illuminados uh, cult, this is something that we've asked Capcom about, but, like, they seem to be much more um, religious iconography-based now. Um, they've got shrines everywhere with these massive hands coming out of the ground. Uh, it looks very like biblically accurate. Plagus is the note that I made based on what I saw. Um, it looks insane. I, I can't wait to see what sort of inspiration points have taken from that. Get a little look at a side quest that they've said they've included in the game. So this one here, they, he finds a note where it's like uh, sell an egg from any area that you choose and you get rewarded with the, the spinels, which are the things you sell for um, 
you know, currency and whatnot. Um, what I, what I liked about that is that it said, you know, sell an egg and then it said area any. So I like the idea that we're going to be doing area specific side quests in this game. Um, the map is, we didn't see the map, but we did see this Leon, um, traversing through like a series of like uh, watery caves on the boat, which, it, you know, is faster now, looks very smooth to control. And it looks as if he was just seamlessly going back and forth between areas that having just played through them do get like sectioned off. So, you know, you fight the lake monster and you can, you go back, you do the the, uh, the big boy fight. And then that other lake area gets closed off from that point on. Um, this seems to be, you just go back and forth, you do whatever you want. Um, so hopefully that's kind of like a Dead Space remake style, a uh, bit more of an open area gameplay. Um, and then we end on the castle assault and a, the, the fight with the Wolverine dude, who apparently is officially named Garrod, Garador, um, but he's the guy with the big snickety claws, uh, that, that breaks out. And this now takes place in like a really dimly lit basement area. So it looks much more horror, uh, based and, um, yeah, just him up too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, whoever was playing this was not great at this game, uh, and, uh, (laughs) against a boss just got even worse. Um, but no, look, it, it looks terrific. Like I was already hyped up for this thing. Having watched some uninterrupted gameplay, I am, oh, oh boy, this is, I hope this is going to be good. If they had a second wave of collector's editions, would you, would you drop fat 600 bucks on it based on what you 600 bucks? No, I, look, not, not for that much. Yeah. Throw in the jacket and I'll do it, but no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know that you are big on, well, not big on, but you asked Capcom about Ashley's, Re, mm. rewrite uh, if you want to call it that and um, yeah. how do you find her in this little snippet here well you don't see much of her like she sort of joins him in I think like the last like seven or ish minutes of the, of the thing um, there's a lot of the basic like wait here you know kind of commands and whatnot but um, based on what we've seen so far of her in the marketing material they do seem to have given her a bit more of a I guess 2023 personality um, and I did like straight up ask Capcom this I just said hey you know in the, in the interim since RE4 has come out, like the way that we write, uh, you know, support characters and, and, and women in general, I think, in video games has changed quite a bit. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see what the overall result is for this new Ashley. I think there's a moment in um, one of those new trailers where she calls him a child or something because like the Lost Plagas in, infestation is starting to change her personality. I mean, that alone is is just fascinating and, and interesting. So um, I, I want to see more before I sort of give any thoughts on that cool uh the two things for me is the the merchant uh, mm. love seeing him i was really because what do you think of the voice acting yeah so what's that does he still look the same like he's just whack job in the he looks coat? exactly the same yeah, he does the looks... creepy coat open as well yeah. which is great <laughs> nice. yeah didn't, I, I off that. in the footage we saw he doesn't refer to us as stranger which i was a bit i was a little mm. bit bummed about that but it does sound Sounds like the merchant. Sounds like a 2023 merchant. We're going with a 2023. Yeah. 2023 um, merchant. Agreed. It took me a little bit to acclimatize to him, but um, now that I've heard him a few more times, I think that they're just going with, it's the same weird European tone. It's just a different voice actor, basically. Uh, yeah. So I think they're nailing the the concept of the merchant. If not, you know, the, what are you buying? Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, that sounds good. And um, one thing which... Uh, You'll probably find out soon enough why I like this, but we got a little a taste of the save room music, uh, mm. which I'm huge, huge fan of that. So they were my two key, key highlights. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, very cool. All right, so you can read James's 
preview, his hands-off preview. What a stitch up to on um, maybe like Friday-ish. Yeah, I think I think it should be up on Friday. I should probably should know that. Um, and then the interview will be up around the same time, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. I love that Fingers. your one hang up is that daddy didn't call you a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a massive part of the original game. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be denied. Yeah. All right, we've still got a few things to motor through. Adam, give me two minutes of your impressions of PSVR 2 because you've been sent a unit uh, by PlayStation. So shout out to them, huge fans of the potty. Huge fans I have. That's a real hands-on experience. It is, yeah, in the literal sense. Um, I, can probably only, I can probably only give you two minutes because I've only spent a very short amount of time playing it. I'm a bit crook today, so the, the, the whole motion um, was, was getting a bit much for me in my current state, but... Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Like as far as the tech is concerned, the, the last time I've properly played VR was the original PlayStation VR. Um, and coming from that into this is like night and day. It is unbelievable. The, the difference, um, I've played mainly kind of like the, the short demo experiences, like, um, the little demo for village, uh, the star Wars game. And, uh, you know, those little, just short, short little tasters, um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's unreal. Um, I played a very short bit of No Man's Sky, which I think was the most impressive for, for me so far. I kind of did the opening where you kind of put together your ship and just go into the, the atmosphere of your first planet, which just feels completely different in VR. Like it's just a completely different experience. The, the sense of scale and speed that you have is, yeah, is, is unmatched. So yeah, as, as, as long as Sony decides to support it, um, with software going forward, I think it would be, it, it really could be something special, but yeah, you'll hear plenty more from me. I'd say next week about this one. Cool. Cool. And hopefully, uh, I know buddy's very, very keen for this, but hopefully we get a, a reboxing. Yeah, mate, I tell you what, she'll be a pretty quick one, but just for buddy, <laughs> I reckon I can get it done. <laughs> very nice. All right. Two more big games to talk about. We'll go with the biggest one first and, Ed, you've been playing Scars Above. Huge. Yes, that's correct. Um, it's interesting that it's you guys are describing it as huge games because when you asked me about it, Zach, I had no idea what that's it was, what it's coming out. <laughs> um, <Huge. laughs> and you said it was like Returnal, uh, which kind of sold me on it. But that's what I was told, mate. <clears throat> yeah, Actually, it's um, it does play like Returnal. No, it doesn't. It's nothing like Returnal. Returnal. <laughs> I did play Returnal for like Returnal's a bullet hell. This is like it's, it's the furthest same, thing. It's got that same vibe. It wants you know? to be it a bullet leave. hell. Lady, yeah. lady wakes up on a planet. Got no idea. <laughs> That's <laughs> all it takes. <laughs> That's all it takes for Zach is just a lady on a planet is uh, is Returnal too. Yeah, like, um, like Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> that was also like Returnal because I played. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Scars Above was it was a, a strange one. It, it was um, it's actually probably more a bit like Mass Effect. Um, I kind of compared it in my review to a little bit like Mass Effect, uh, a little bit like Dead Space. Um, it even has elements of Batman Arkham series with this sort of scanning and environmental um, kind of puzzles that it's got, and a bit of Metroid as well, where you kind of upgrade your gear to progress throughout the uh, the game. Um, the story itself is really interesting. It's it's um, you play as a, a scientist, Kate, whose team gets sort of teleported across space from this massive alien artifact or planet. Um, and she kind of wakes up separated from her crew. And there's also a bit of a time 
a time gap to to what's what's been going on. So she kind of wakes up and is like, I've got to find my crew. Why does it seem like the all the debris from the crash has been here for a lot longer than I feel like it has? So there's a bit of mystery that to to unravel, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, it it has a very strong start. Uh, I the first sort of two to three hours, I was really impressed. It's a sort of a double A title that I was really impressed by. Um, it does feel quite simple from then on. And then the, it, it kind of starts to unravel a little bit the further you play it. Um, so I think simplicity and, um, it's a bit unpolished as well. Um, and surprising things as well that are sort of, you would think on an initial kind of playthrough debug pass, um, like one of the examples I use in the review is that whenever you kind of go through a like a crawl space or like when it's got the loading screen um, thing in God of War where you kind of walk through a crawl space and do all that kind of stuff, um, the camera that's over the shoulder for the character just clips through the environment every single time. Like so you just see like the framework of the environment go through and then come through the other side and it's like, oh, okay, that feels like that probably should have been picked up at you know early stage of development whether it's you know you just move the camera to go through it or it, and it's just that that kind of i don't want to say laziness but just lack of attention to detail really kind of permeates through that back half of the game um in saying that i i did quite enjoy it the the um the story is enough to keep you kind of going for the seven-ish hours that I played it. And in the kind of finale of my review, I compared it to something that I would have expected to play on PS2. Um, and I, I mean that in a fond sense um, in terms of like playing it. I was like, oh, this is just like it was back in the old days of sci-fi action shooters. <laughs> um, it really doesn't have the uh, prestige of a kind of 2023 or 2022 esque shooter like the dead space remake or like those kind of games um it just it does lack something um which i think is probably going to disappoint people who are going into this with high expectations um but if you kind of temper those and go into it just sort of anticipating a fairly simple and short um sci-fi shooter then it was fun I, i i liked it um Definitely not for everyone, but, you know, what is these days? A solid seven for that one. I gave it a seven, yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I think I've seen some other reviews out which have scored it a bit lower, which I can totally understand. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to debate those points um, because I think they're very, very valid criticisms. Um, but I, I did have a fun playing it. So, and I think it was down to probably that strong start. Um, a lot of my opinions were kind of formed in those early hours. And then because it was such a short game, it never really outstayed. It's welcome enough for me to be like, this is shit. <laughs> like, I'm just going to turn it off. Uh, I managed, you know, to play it through to completion. Um, so, yeah, not too bad. Nice. Can I can I ask, um, mm. when I, I previewed the game last year and one of the more intriguing parts I found was that, like, Kate's progression through that world is presented as, like, you know, you don't upgrade through combat necessarily, you upgrade through like her scientific discoveries and like her pursuit yep. of knowledge and whatnot. Yep. Um, but I was frustrated because like the only real language the game speaks in is its violence. There's no other real ways that you can engage with that world. That Does is, that yeah. change much as you get deeper in or? Yes and no. So 
you're right in saying that the progression is based on um, scientific discovery, which is whenever you encounter a new enemy, you can scan them and you get a massive boost of uh, like experience points. And whenever you dotted kind of throughout the map are knowledge cubes, which are just sort of collectibles that are sort of hidden away and they give you a percentage of like a kind of XP bar. Um, there's also throughout there's sort of alien structures that you can scan and they give you like little things, but it's not, it never really felt like um, the sense of discovery was very basic. Uh, like there was no real, oh, I'm uncovering this really cool um, alien sort of tech and stuff like that. Like, for example, you when you upgrade your gun, so you, you get a gun, which is an electric gun to start off with. Um, and then I think within like 10 minutes, you get your fire gun. And then 10 minutes later, you get your ice gun. And when you discover those, you just sort of, the fire one, you, um, I can't remember how you get the fire one, but the ice gun, for example, you discover like an alien species that naturally uh, secretes. Mm, it has like that yeah, digestive like a, system thing. Yeah. Right? I thought and that so was you, really cool. Yeah. yeah. And so that part is is similar to sort of like the, what I was drawing conclusions to the Arkham series, where it's like you have to scan parts of this alien to unlock why it can do these freezing things. But then you just print a gun that can do it. Um, and then when you find to upgrade that gun, it's like you just find a container that has a recipe saying, hey, now your gun can hold more bullets and you just print a new one. So it's sort of like it doesn't it doesn't have a, a huge and again, that kind of um, discovery scanning aspect of it really is only present in the first few hours of the game. Um, once you kind of get past once you unlock the first three guns, which is pretty early on, um, it you don't unlock another gun for hours and it's just again it's really basic in terms of how you get that kind of stuff and there are there is some cool elements to like you know because you have an elemental gun there is a good of a good amount of like elemental play where it's if your enemies are wet they take more shock damage um if they, they take less fire damage um you know later on you get a gun that can shoot acid and you can combo that with your fire gun to make an even bigger like chemical explosion and stuff so like you can do kind of fun things like that. But again, it it really is quite simple in its execution um, and not, not very engaging for fans of like really deep kind of elemental combos and combat and stuff like that. So, um, no, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right, cool. Well, you can check out Ed's review on the website now. Karen, you have reviewed Wolong Fallen Dynasty. That's correct, yeah. The Han cool. Dynasty, that's the one I'm, I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that you did that. Uh, all right, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's move on. <laughs> please, please tell us about, about that game. It's from um, one of Nathan's favourite developers, uh, Ninja Theory. Isn't that correct, Nathan? Uh, yeah, I do like them. Is that no, they, it comes from Team Ninja. <laughs> you, you picked me up in my review, I think, of Neo when I... Oh, I shit, yeah, he's, he's published Neo review. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah, you call I, Team I Ninja the, Ninja Theory. Because Ninja <laughs> Theory, they're the uh, Sanua folks, aren't they? Yeah, so um, that's right, yeah. Um, I don't know how I got them mixed up. Well, that's just terrible journalism. And yet, I, I continually yeah. do. Yeah, well, um, people who know me know I'm not so good with the, the facts when it comes to review. I know that's a terrible thing for a game journalist to have, but Zach's laughing. Um, I'm more of a feelings guy. <laughs> I, I knew it was ninja something. I'm like, I'm just going to go for this. I'm not even going to fact check it, um, and let's just get on with the feelings. Uh, no, it is from Team Ninja, 
who most recently did the excellent Neo series, and Neo 2 in particular is bloody brilliant. And I think that's almost as good as any Soulsborne title. Uh, it's a really good ha hardcore hack and slash with um, heavy um, looter inspiration. And so this is sort of the... Heavy learning curve too. Um, yeah, and it was brutally difficult with Neo 2, um, which was something that I really enjoy. So going into Wo Long, I thought, okay, here we go. So this is going to probably be just a continuation, and that's okay because, you know, uh, FromSoft have made the same game several times over, and that's and everyone's cool with it because they're all just great. And so I was ready for that sort of thing. But Wo Long feels like a bit of a step back from Neo 2 in a lot of ways. It's still a solid action game, but it's far easier it's less focused. There's some aspects of polish that are a bit odd, as in the enemy AI is woeful. Like this is some of the worst enemy enemy AI I've ever seen because there's there's stealth aspects to it where you can kill from above um, or behind, and it's not hard to do because they cannot see and they cannot hear you and they can't see their mate being murdered a few meters away. And it you sort of just you get to understand that and then you can absolutely manipulate that. Um, to, to make the game a whole lot easier. Uh, and also you've got companions and there's a massive um, The Last of Us syndrome because I don't, I don't know if you guys recall, I don't know if they ever fixed this either, but you know, you'd be crawling around these these areas in The Last of Us and Ellie would be like running around like with her just hands <laughs> waving in the air and the... the no, infected. she still does it, even in, the she... re yeah, even in Remake. It's, it's so bad. It's comical. It's, it's so like um, immersion breaking and you have some companions that can come along with you um, on the various missions. Um, and yeah, they can just run around endlessly and the enemies just won't see them at all until you engage. Again, makes it really easy uh, in a lot of ways. So I guess one of the, the worst things about Wo Long is the fact that it's too easy. Um, your, the companions you take along with you are just, it, it just it's too much. You, you, can, you can get them to draw aggro, and it's, it's easy as you can choose to play solo, but the game really encourages having other characters with you, be they um, real human beings or just the AI controlled characters. And the AI controlled characters just, they go nuts. You can even press a button to make them go more nuts. And why wouldn't you? Uh, so yeah, it really hands you that on a platter. The hardest parts of that game are when it, are when it forces you to play alone and you'd be sitting relying on your, your companions for ages. Like, oh crap, I've actually got to learn the mechanics. Um, <laughs> and the mechanics are also a bit more basic than than Neo 2. Um, I keep on comparing it to Neo 2, but I think in my review, I say that comparisons to Neo 2 are inevitable, fair, and generally unfavorable, but it is a, it's a good game, but it's just not, it's not the game you're looking for. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I very much enjoyed my time with it. Wish it was what's a bit actually harder. about though? Can I ask? Oh, like, so what's the about, story? Um, so it's about the fall of the Han dynasty, but it's sort of woven in with this sort of dark fantasy trope. So if you ever played a Dynasty Warriors game ever, I've only played one, and that, that's my primer. Dynasty Warriors 9 was terrible, although it did have my boy um, Tiao Tiao in it, and um, it's, it's right before the establishment of the, of the Three Kingdoms in China. So this was actually real ancient Chinese history, right? From the 2nd century, the turn of the um, uh, 3rd century. Uh, but this is obviously historically inaccurate because there's demons there's um a chi like a, a dark demonic chi that's infecting the land the story is most certainly not the strong part of it and it's got all of those tropes where 
uh, you can ingest this elixir or characters ingest this elixir either willingly or sometimes against their will and become these monsters but sometimes they do it for you know noble purposes and they're like oh i was i became evil so i could defeat a greater evil it's all there all those classic tropes and the, and the vibe of the um it just reminded me of dynasty warriors 9 like that um, over-the-top melodrama and talking about military strategy and those sorts of things but really it's just a, it's a hardcore hack and slash kill humans kill demons it's all good and the story well not terrible it's just it's a reason for going from point a to point b just chasing the big bad around the globe or well, around china um, <laughs> um so yeah i wouldn't say the story is going to knock your socks off i had no idea what was going on in neo 2 though as well um maybe jordan garcia would be the one to ask because he seems to know the stories of all these games because i i still don't know what happened in elden ring for instance i played that for a hundred hours I don't understand. Oh, you didn't and, need to know. You just need to vibe it out, mate. It's all about the feelings. <laughs> it's remember? all about the vibe, right? You just got to watch Vati Vidya. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's not a, not a bad gun by any stretch, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to set the world on fire. Uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people loved it. Uh, but I, I know that the hardcore hack and slash enthusiasts will take umbrage at the lack of difficulty in some sections it's a bit it's a bit up and down um but on general I'm like, but the last boss is quite hard so have fun with that so a question for you mm. for stockton the criticism of it being you know too hard won't necessarily appease the you know hard you know the the rusted on veterans is that does that potentially mean that the barrier of entry is going to be lowered for perhaps more? Yeah, I thought that. I thought okay, so maybe this is a accessibility thing. Like they're trying to go for a more arcadey, like almost bringing the hardcore hack and slash to an arcadey. Maybe that's maybe that's what they're trying to do. You can play through all of it with a friend, and it's going to make it infinitely easier. Uh, so yeah, perhaps, perhaps that's right. Um, I think parts of it are too, probably too hard for the normies, but then not hard enough. I don't know if it struck the middle ground that it's looking for. Um, it's hard to say, but I, I think if you wanted to play through with a couple of mates, you, you're going to have some fun. Like, it's very flashy. Uh, it's got some cool mechanics, as in there's a spirit mechanic where you can... Uh, it's, it's sort of like your stamina bar, where if you, um, you take hits, you, even blocking, um, it'll get decreased, and then if you attack, it'll get increased, and it can go so um, positive or negative... And you can sort of unleash it for uh, to damage their spirit. And once you damage their spirit all the way, you can do like some special move. But that mechanic, although it's presented as something groundbreaking, is actually in essence incredibly simple and not nearly as nuanced as what's going on in Neo Two. Where it's been a while since I played Neo Two, but I just remember there being like so many interlocking mechanics that were super fun to muck around with, and the combat was just like this sort of um, just very violent chess game whereas here it felt like i was doing very similar things once i'd fallen into my my battle rhythm yeah but i wasn't you know disappointed but i it's certainly not exactly what i thought it would be i guess and they still haven't done looting very well they they don't know how to um make manageable loot Oh, they just dump everything on you again? They just dump it on you. They've got really good filters for just junking it and salvaging it. And seriously, like, I just, you scroll your image. you got a limit of 500. So every now and then you've got to just, like, offload some of your junk. Uh, and it's just silly. Um, the, the idea of getting yeah, that, loot, that I love the turn off. 
oh, Neo 2 did it probably better, I'd say, because at least the, the stuff spewed out of enemies. Here, you open chests and you just see this little icon. So nothing, there's no spewing of colours. Yeah, where's my you know, Diablo or bloody um, Destiny coloured loot exploding out of enemies' faces? Um, it's not here. But still, the loot is cool, and sometimes you get something cool, and you're like, yes, that's nice. Then you go into your, your inventory, like, okay, where is it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's not it's pretty cumbersome. Is the inventory and loot system as well not insurmountable? But certainly, you would probably spend the first time you go in the inventory thinking, right, <laughs> cool. Uh, How yeah. long did it take you to finish? Um, I think about 25 hours into it to finish the main storyline with a couple of the submissions as well. You can just pump through the main storyline. Doing the submissions is not important um, at all. Some of them are quite fun and really well put together. Um, but, yeah, I just played the main storyline um, for fear that I wouldn't get it done before Embargo, but I actually ended up being quite early. So I have gone back and played a little bit of the... The, um, the, the sub-content, and once you finish the game, it does unlock a, a, a harder difficulty called Rising Dragon, and I played the first few missions of that. Again, the companions make it a lot easier, but it certainly had just a little bit of teeth to it, and I'm sure as you get further on in the story and this harder difficulty, things will get a bit wild. Um, yeah. Where are you? Um, I know you haven't written your review, but where are you landing score-wise, roughly? Um, yeah, I, I always do the score at the end. Once I've read the review, I see what the vibe is like, but it's sort of sitting around 7, 7.5. So a good average game. And for people who are like starved for this sort of game, which I know that there are many, I'm sure that they'll slam right through it. Cool. James, I know that you're very... Can I just say? Mm, mm. Sorry. Yeah. Please say. Please say away. <laughs> Uh, so Kieran got away with mixing up Ninja Theory and Team Ninja and the last review I did, I put a, a hyphen between well played and Zach nearly came to my house and shot me in the face. <laughs> yeah, well that sounds like a good one, right? Jeez, the <laughs> yeah, he was doing? so mad. Uh, I just think a bit of perspective is needed, you know? <laughs> I'm glad someone called it out. There's, uh, We've all done it, Ed. We've all been There's uh, one thing that is just permadeath, mate. Instant kill. <laughs> yeah. And that's hyphen between well and played. We'll oh, but it's in the URL. Oh, shut up. Uh, Jack. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is one last thing for... about the game, sorry. The one last thing, and this is for James in particular. It's very mm. poor on its portrayal of women. Uh, I, this time I noticed, because James <laughs> asked me last time on the podcast about God of War. He's like, oh, women treat it better. I'm like... I guess I hadn't really thought about the women, which is terrible. But here, okay, <laughs> now I'm, I'm more awake and I... Woke? No, I'm awake, not woke, thank you very much. Um, and yeah, there are very few female characters and there's pretty much one main one and she's the only one with animated uh, bosom bounce, which is an interesting thing. And the rest of them are Shocking. just dancers and side characters. So yeah, it's a complete sausage fest with some token... Uh, female characters on the side given um super inappropriate bosom bounce like it doesn't it doesn't need to be there she's actually that's, fully clothed it's kind of part of the course for team ninja yeah <laughs> i know but it's it, it even to me i'm like as a you know cishet white male um, you're like i'm the target audience for this and even i find it gratuitous. this is this is on the nose <laughs> this is definitely on the nose yeah 
Uh, now, James, I was just going to say, so because you're you're pretty keen for that, mm, are you yeah. still just as keen? Uh, or are you more? No, keen? no, that, that's 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 fine. It's it's unfortunate. Like I mean, like look, it is what it is. Like I, if it wasn't such a busy time of year, maybe some of these things I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll see how I feel about it myself. Um, but you know, for for a seven out of ten, I could probably punt it to the to later in the year. Um, you know, the historical setting is, is to me still the most exciting part of this game. Um, and to hear it's a bit kind of muddled, I guess, in its storytelling is uh, maybe I guess par for the course, but, you know. There's probably like, um, I know it draws in characters from the historical narrative, having played Dynasty mm. Warriors 9, that's my only reference. Um, and I, they, I recognize so their faces even. Even the depiction is the same, like Xiao Xiao looks the same. And I love that guy. He was my favorite part of Dynasty right. Warriors 9. Um so they yeah, there's a visual um, uh, stream mm-hmm. that's the same, and there's probably uh, the Yellow Turban Rebellion and all that. That there are elements of that history woven in. And I know that they flooded a city in order to attack it first. That was one of the tactics that they used, and that's oh, yeah. in the games. I think it's woven in. It's just I'm not going to say it's yeah. historically accurate because there's demons and shit mm-hmm. running around. We we don't have time for this. So you can can you just give me thirty seconds? Did you play Stranger of Paradise? Yeah, I reviewed it. Okay, did you like it? Yeah, I did, yeah, I loved it. Okay, cool, good, good, good. That's all I needed to know. Hmm. It, it, I mean, the story only got good in the past last the last 10 minutes, but it was very... certainly took some turns at the end there, yes. Oh, um, yeah, I, but, I mean, I, I thought that game was much better than it had a right to be. Um, so, yeah, would you say this is better or worse? I'd say it's about the same. Okay. Cool. I, think I, I think I gave Strange to Paradise a seven and a half. Yeah. I think you did. Cool. Sweet. All right, well, you can read Kieran's review for that probably now, I think, from memory. Um, well, anyway, this potty will be out when that review is out, so. Cool, all right, let's, uh, well, well, uh, let's talk jorts, but let's do, do it very, very, very quickly. Let's just whip around the room. No big Nathan's fucking big deep dive from, from Nathan. Oh, big dog. <laughs> just uh, give us your, your titles. And move on with your day. Ed, tell me what uh, games you excited for. Have there's really played? only one. I haven't looked, but the only one that I'm excited for right now is Destiny Lightfall, which comes out tonight. I've got nice. it unset for preload. And that's pretty much all I'm going to be playing for the next few weeks, I reckon. Mm. Yep, baby. <laughs> Very nice. I'm Very so nice. hyped. I'm so hyped. Adam, how about you? It's WrestleMania season, baby. So I'll be playing WWE 2K23. That's it for the, the Mate, entire month. There's a suplex in RE4, baby. Like you got to. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's a wrestling game. Never mind. Uh, RE4. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll, I'll be keen for RE4 and Dredge are the other two main ones. Um, and Have a Nice Death is getting its full release coming out of early access as well. So I'll probably get around that. Cool. James? Yeah. Uh, Wolong is still technically simmering there. Uh, no longer home looks really cool. Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse is coming off of the Wii finally, which is really exciting. Uh, the wreck looks like my kind of pretentious indie bullshit and, uh, Dredge and RE4. Cool. Cool. Nathan? Uh, so James's list in reverse. Dredge and RE4. <laughs> Fatal Frame and the Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. I hear it's coming off the Wii. That's pretty good. Uh, Woe Long, Fallen Dynasty, still simmering away there. Uh, a couple of no- <laughs> notable inclusions. 
Paranormal site, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo is like a horror visual novel-y type thing coming from Square Enix. You know, I love me visual novels. Ib, I think it's like an older horror indie game that looks like it's getting a re-release. So I'll give that a little look-see. And Atelier Riser 3, Alchemist of the End and the Secret Key. So I can be on my weeaboo JRPG shit this month. How are we feeling? Fuck <laughs> me, that's a long title. Oh my God. That is a mouthful. Yeah, that's, uh, it kept that's going. Long yeah, it <laughs> uh, pretty much all my games have already been said. RE4, Dredge. If you haven't played Brock the Investigator, it comes out March 1. It's the point-and-click beat-em-up. It's on consoles now, so check it out. Uh, and the only, only different game I'm keen for is... I've already forgotten the name of it. Uh, Crime City, Rockade City. Oh. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Crime Boss. Rockade City. It is. You're uh, the only one. I know, right? It's like the payday <laughs> wannabe. Oh, it's like if that... Scars Above was Returnal and Returnal was <laughs> payday. Crime Boss City looks like. Um, it's Scars like if Above, a first so. person dev with no ideas went to Cameo to find their actors. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Chuck. Exactly. Finish that sentence. Chuck Norris, uh, Kim Bassinger, Danny Glover, it's a few others. I can't remember who else is on there. But, um, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. When they wheeled him out on stage to reveal that, he did not want to be there. Um, <laughs> I just want something that's payday, that's fun. I don't care if it kind of sucks a bit, as long as it's fun for a little bit. So I'm keen to check it out. That's March. When's that? March sometime. March something. Oh, and the other game that if it does get released, I know that James will be keen for this, and that's Way to the Woods. Oh, yeah? That's rumoured to be March. You've noted what... Way, Way to the, the Woods? It's the, the Aussie game, the little deer one. Wasn't oh, it? shit, like the, the one-man developer thing. Yeah. Oh, that thing has been simmering for a long time. Lots of simmering tonight. Um, uh, uh, look, <laughs> I'm tired, all right? All right. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> Kieran, are you excited for anything? Do you even know what's coming out? Oh, I did because I just Googled it. Um, RE4, that's it. Cool. I'm extremely time poor because I proofread a lot. I don't know if you know. Um, <laughs> so I have time for one game per year and it's going to be RE4. That's it. Cool. Cool. All right, let's go to the new. What about Adam? We already done Adam. <laughs> Yeah, I, s- I said mine. Yeah. They were just uneventful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can he, suplex and Resi 4. Yeah, he was oh. wrestling. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, 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 that's, that's probably right. why you didn't yeah, yeah. remember it. I just uh, tuned out when he said wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything worthy to talk about? Do we want to talk about State of Play? I didn't watch it. I haven't even... I don't think. Is it worth... Anything there worth discussing? It was all just um, VR stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. The first half was. Yeah. And there was um there's a lot of Suicide Squad at the end there. Yeah, man. Right. I'm not excited for Suicide Squad no. at all. I was gonna ask <laughs> for a temperature like check trash. because I know that I'm gonna be the only person that gives a fuck about it. I, I think right. it's just you, man. Yeah, cool. What'd you think? Give me give me a minute. I think it'll be a lot of fun, but all of the live servicey bullshit around it has me very, very worried. But the like traversal and combat I think looks solid. Um as long as the characters can feel different enough from one another because I can see it turning into kind of a shoot the enemies until they're dead and not a They are all certainly shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, I can it 
I can see it slipping into some some negativity, but I've got my fingers crossed, guys. Fingers are crossed. <laughs> cool. Um, what about the AFL 23 um, cover? Oh, mate, we'll talk about that very, very soon. Sorry, no, okay, let's quickly whip through the announcements from the State of Play. Uh, so the Foglands, which is a VR, PSVR title. Um, yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it looks kind of like a... Kind of like a... a met, not Metroidvania, what am I trying? But roguelike in kind of, yeah, you go through waves and it's a, a first-person shooter. It's got a cool style. I'm keen enough for it. Cool, then there was Synapse... Just stop me if there's anything that you want to Synapse looks really cool. It's Synapse. like a, yeah, it kind of reminded me of Control, I suppose, where it's guns as well as telekinetic abilities and it's got a really cool, like, monochromatic art style. So that one I am actually really keen for. Very nice. Uh, that is coming this year. Uh, also coming this year is Journey to Foundation. Yep. Which is a, uh, based on a novel, but... Mm, interesting origin points on that one. Yeah. Uh, by Isaac Asimov. Based on a series of novels. Yeah, Isaac. lots of hype online <laughs> that I've seen, but not one that I'm super familiar with. There was also a um a recent TV fight. series for HBO as well. Oh, really? Yeah, right. Foundation. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the uh, Chernobyl actor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Big, big fan of Chernobyl actor guy here on. Uh, <laughs> he was also in Resident Evil Apocalypse, actually. If you want to talk about that, we can do that. But nah. And the Expanse. The Expanse is great. Nah, Resident <laughs> Evil Apocalypse. That's what we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Before your eyes was also announced. It's another PSVR two title. Uh, I don't understand that what that sentence says, but it's coming March ten. There's a, it's like a capital PR. That's where you, that's the bit that you you fucking take out of that. Yeah, it's a game that already exists that's on PC and and a few other consoles. But the the idea what is, is that you, <laughs> you're going through your own afterlife, and every time you blink in VR, it changes what's happening in the scene. It looks really cool. It uses the eye tracking. So yeah, I think it's out now as well. No, March tenth. Okay. Never mind. I'm, so this terrifying. was meant to say previously released. It, it, is that what it was meant meant to say? You've you've nailed it. Cool. All right. Well, I wasn't. I don't know <laughs> if that was like some sort of thing that was you know whatever. Destiny two, Lightfall. Ed's 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 excited. Hell yeah. Chia. I'm surprised no mm. one said this. This this comes out in March. March twenty one. Yeah. To be fair, I had forgotten that this was coming out because I think this release date just got dropped on us pretty recently did, in this yeah. um thing. Yeah, but was, um uh, also coming to that PlayStation Plus uh catalog, which is a nice get for them. Hmm. They're also getting Code Vein, Battlefield 2042, Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, 2042, baby. Let's go. Let's get it. More <laughs> players. Nathan, also, I was really banking on you I'm being excited. Yeah, that was a Tokyo. nice beat of silence there. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Mortal's Phoenix Rising and Adam's favorite Rainbow Six Extraction is coming to the catalog as well. Uh, next up, we had Humanity. This looks sick. Which is a new game from the Tetris Effect developers. Uh, it is thought, a game. puzzle game where you play as an ethereal dog leading hordes of humans through various trials and dangers. Woof, woof. Very excited. Does it literally say woof, woof? Or are you just adding the woof, woof? It says woof, woof. Add yeah, it with that. <laughs> okay, excellent. doesn't say woof, it's woof. It's That doesn't say woof, woof. <sighs> Why would it say woof, woof? Come on, mate. I, I'm not sure. Just 
<laughs> you never really know this. You know, it could be Wolf Wolf. Uh, coming in, mate, to PS5, PS4 and VR. And so both VRs here, right? VR1 and VR2 of the PS variety. Uh, goodbye, Volcano High. So yeah, that looks really cute. Finally, has a release date. It's coming June 15, PS5 and PS4. No one's keen. No one's. No one's I, no, I'm excited. keen. I reckon that looks yeah. really cute. I'm yeah. excited for that. James? Uh, I like the concept of it. I like the voice acting. I like the writing. I don't like the character designs. And I feel like that's going to be the, the barrier to entry for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Nathan, this one looks like it's up your alley. It's Naruto x Baruto. That can't be a real game. That is not a real name. <laughs> <laughs> Naruto x Baruto. I mean, fair, fair call. And yet, so like Baruto is Naruto's son. Right. He so would, it's he da- daddy versus too, son or daddy cross son or daddy I angry was his son. brother. Oh, fuck. No, it's his son. Daddy long son, so long. ultimate ninja storm connections. Wow. As someone who doesn't... No, that's... Oh, sorry. Uh, so that is Connections to celebrating the 20th anniversary of Naruto's anime debut with a huge roster of playable fighters. Nathan's excited. I right. like their last game, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle Royale. Right. Do you only uh, like games that take like five minutes to yeah, say the title of? <laughs> I, I don't even know that I got the title right. <laughs> <laughs> Please get these things right, Nathan. Boulder's <laughs> Gate 3. Yeah, I'm keen. Coming yeah. to PlayStation 5. Day and date with PC. It's a pretty big deal. Jordan's upset. Uh, August 31, <laughs> that is coming. Uh, so, get excited. Do you know Did what, though? I played, I played um, Divinity 2. No, Divinity 1 on console, and it was kind of shit. So, I played Divinity 2 on PC, and it was way better. Like, just the in terms of the control, like the... So, I'm imagining that Baldur's Gate is going to play pretty similarly. And it just, I don't know, playing a a game like that on with a, with a controller just feels weird. Oh, because I played through both of them with a controller on PC. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, by preference. I actually really liked it. Heathen. <laughs> I played Divinity 2 on console and I quite dug it. But then again, I'm, I've been a peasant my whole life, so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I just, I don't any... know what it was. It just... Preferred on mouse and keyboard. Kieran, anything else that you want to share tonight about that you played with um, controllers and whatnot? Oh yeah, so there's a little game called Portal Two. Um, <laughs> you might have heard of it, but there's a co-op section where you, you know, you're supposed to have a buddy to play with you, but I had no buddy, so I just played through the whole thing with two controllers. One guy, two controllers. It's a, that. Right. <laughs> uh, Wayfinder was the next game that is coming to PS5 and PS4 uh, beta period February now. That's, you, can, you can sign up for it. There's a link on the article here. Street Fighter Six. Uh, I'm very excited for this. Uh, comes out June two. We got to look at. We got to look at Zangief, uh, Lily, who's a new uh, new fighter, and Cammy. Uh, no Holy Valance though. Just be on. Uh, Resident oh, what a bummer. Do you? No, I got that reference. I don't worry about that. No, I was going oh, to yeah. say, some, say something else, but it's not, it's not for a uh, potty. Uh, so the RE4 <laughs> remake thing got showing. That's coming March 24 and then Suicide Squad. Cool, let's move on. Um, I lost the link. Oh, my God. Where is it? Okay. No, that's... Uh, someone put on... Yeah, I fucking lost it. 
Oh, here we are. Na, 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 na. We'll be right back. No, I've just found <laughs> it. All right, so uh, some quick quick news because we are going real late tonight. Uh, Elden Ring has just announced, sorry, not Elden Ring, but uh, From Software has announced Elden Ring's first DLC titled Shadow of the Erd Tree. Mm-hmm. Is, that, yep. is that correct? Very exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the story <laughs> no, I don't want to hear from you. You jib, you jib them for game of the year, you dog. Nah, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, what did I say? Game of the year. Ragnarok. Oh, you were like, oh, Elden Ring, that game I played earlier. Year. <laughs> what was that? It's always the most nah, recent game remember. I played. Game of the year. You come crawling back for that tasty new content. <laughs> I loved uh, Elden Ring. It was brilliant. I just didn't know what I was, didn't know why I was doing what I was doing. I kill a lot of things, though. That's what damn. Are we talking about? Are we talking about Elden Ring or talking about the game of the year voting? <laughs> anyway, so FromSoft have attached a, a really nice bit of uh, concept art for for this DLC. Um, it f- looks to feature uh, Mikola riding Torrent um, towards a really fucked up looking tree. So I don't know if this is like a prequel story. I don't really know that how that would work with your own playable character. Do you get transported through time? Who the fuck knows? Um, but it looks great. Beautiful work of art. They, they've said that it's currently in development, which. I'm a little surprised by, I assumed that when they announced it would be with a date and a trailer, um, because I kind of imagine they'd been working on it since launch. Um, but who knows? I'm, I'm hoping we get it this year. Cool. Cool. Uh, another game, sorry, a game called Grey Hill Incident. I don't know if anyone's heard of this game before. I've heard of it because of you and I'm a little hyped because of you. Um, but oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the- here we go. Uh, so, Grey Hill Incident. It looks is about as real as day before. Hell, <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, it's coming on PS5, <laughs> PS4, Series X, uh, and PC on June 9. It is inspired by true events and TV shows such as The X Files. Uh, it is a first person game set in the 90s, and you uh, play as this, this bloke, Ryan Baker, uh, as he attempts to survive an alien invasion in his neighborhood. Um, so, Sandy Morris, too, is it? It looks better than Sandy and Morris. That game is not good. Uh, Mortal Kombat oh, 12 has been announced and will release this year. Does anyone want to talk about that? There's not too much that to talk shit? about at this stage. It was cool. just a, as part of an earnings call that they announced it. Cool. Very nice. Ash is very excited. Uh, speaking of RE4 and stuff, we didn't mention it before, but that is getting a VR mode uh, and coming to PSVR 2. Uh, an Apex Legend board game has been announced. Adam is very excited. Oh, Adam, I'm, do they make do they make it specifically for you? Or? I think so, yeah. They're just shipping one copy and it's straight to me. I don't know how they're <laughs> going to turn Apex into a board game, but fuck, I'm here for it. Let's have a look. Uh, speaking Brilliant. of board games, Steamforged Games has teased a new tabletop game that is absolutely Sea of Thieves. Yeah, they're, they're teasing it being like, what could it possibly be? But it's 100% Sea of Thieves. They haven't given more than that as of yet, but... I don't know. It's a it's a steam forged pirate game, so it'll probably be pretty fun. How many video game adaptations are they currently working on? Because Monster Hunter World still hasn't shipped. Yeah, and there's a whole back in twenty twenty one shitload of content in that as well. So yeah, they're... how can they be any different? Like, how, like, do you get to a point where they just to be the fair, steam forged? They're all pretty similar. Like, they're there's little tweaks on it here and there, but they're yeah, they're pretty similar. And they've move, got the Elden move, Ring board game as well. Move the plastic figures between the tiles. Mm. 
think things. Is it like how you get the different editions of Monopoly? It's just like the same game but different. I, mean, I don't out. know that that's entirely unfair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that's entirely unfair. I've got Sonic and Mario Monopoly, and they're quite distinct. And uh, has it ever been broken out more than once? Yeah, my my son loves Sonic the Hedgehog, everything. So yeah, oh, several times. Yeah, good on him. Yeah, got to start him young. That's it. Um, <coughs> Warhammer 40k Dark Tide doesn't suck anymore thanks to a huge patch. So there was a patch that solved its loot issues. There was also, uh, so let's have a look here. Getting more crafting materials from gameplay. Successful missions will now always give you goodies. The in-game craft NPC can amend and strip bonuses from weapons and in-game currency offerings are more uh, are a lot more generous and less frustrating to earn. Ashes stoked about that. Uh, probably one of the oh, I was a bit bit, bit high there, but uh, one of the interesting pieces of news that came out is that Blum Blumhouse Bloomhouse Blumhouse. There's no I e, think it's so Blumhouse. Wasn't well, there's no e in it? So I thought it was Bloomhouse. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, Bloomhouse. Well, so hmm. Anyway, those guys they are. Getting into games, uh, you you might know them from uh, from films like Insidious. I think actually I, d- I did write it in the in the article, but they also did like re- recently they did the Black Phone, which is pretty cool. But they are getting into the Black games. Phone is excellent. The Black so Phone is very very good. Everyone watch it. Let's go watch it now. They've launched a new game development publishing company called uh, Bloomhouse Plumhouse Product uh, Games. Sorry, uh, and they will be focusing on horror. Games uh, with a budget of $10 million to enable innovation and pushing creative boundaries. So, I have, it like a lot. very here for no, I have a pitch. Like a lot. Yeah. I have a pitch for a game that they should do. They're definitely, or well, they probably will do The Purge, but they should do Happy Death Day and make it a roguelike. Thank you. I mm. Happy, Death Day, was Happy Death Day films, yeah. especially the sequel. They're good fun. Make it a fucking roguelike. Go on, do it. I see where you're going. <laughs> mm. But the, mm-hmm. these blokes, Bloomhouse, they're Australian, are they? There's an Australian yep. link. Yeah, they're Back in the day, no. he, one of them is. J- yeah, yeah, James, James Wan. 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 Yeah, Wan. and he was on Recovery back in the day, if anyone is old as I am. With uh, Big Deals? Um, yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah. Hmm. And even the, the Rock Pig was also on Recovery, and he's, he's like, part of Bloomhouse as well. It was like full on nineties like, um, um, situation. If Triple J had a had its own show, it would be like it would be recovery. When Triple J <laughs> was good, yeah. Anyway, uh, cool, <laughs> James, you're excited for this, so yeah. No, I think it's good. Um, I, I think anything that expands like that sort of mid tier development that we're always saying we want back, I, th- I think is this is the right direction to be going in. And like their horror movies are very hit and miss, but I'm glad that they are at least making them you know like i, I think to to not have just have like blockbuster entertainment um churned out is is a good thing so yeah it'd be interesting to see what they do in the game space kind of like when a24 started getting into games you know um there's some potential here uh the other quick news there was a pokemon showcase that was on this morning the day of recording i don't know if you want us to talk about anything about that i haven't read a single thing so i got no idea what was they watch you while you sleep now that's it cool yeah yes nice. finally uh the other news <laughs> is that uh, I know that everyone's going to be absolutely stoked to hear this, but it's the new AFL game is called AFL 23. 
uh, and it <laughs> should be releasing or coming out pretty soon. There's lots of leaks and stuff happening at the moment. Um, Tactical leaks. But nothing is confirmed. But it, if you read the breadcrumbs that uh, the CEO leaves behind, he it's it's implied that it's probably it's going to release soonish. So we wait for a an official. An official announcement. All right, let's go on. Let's any other news at all? Oh, stealth drop at the um, start of the season. You heard it here first. The Lies of P is getting a physical version. So if you want to go physical, if you're a collector like Karen, you can you can buy the physical version of that. <laughs> a really dumb name, by the way. Lies of P, probably the worst name of a game ever since Sandy of Morris. Yeah, carry on. The um, fucking hell, I was going to say. Uh, news piece that's going to go up over, overnight is a game called Beneath. I know I linked the trailer. Did anyone watch this? James, James might be here for, for it. It's like a Dead Space inspired Lovecraftian game where okay. you're... Speaking uh, my language. You, are, you play as Noah Quinn and you are a deep sea diver who is uh, his crewless because his crew's all vanished or dead i can't remember exactly uh, and he's basically uncovered or discovered these underground science facilities and obviously the uh facilities are swarming with uh baddies but you can actually go outside into the into the ocean and go around and uh you got to basically keep san keep san keep sane uh yeah because you go a little bit kooky on, uh, James, I want to give you a word of caution that mm. Zach will one day too leave you because <laughs> it used to be me he'd talk to about survival horror games <laughs> and Lovecraftian <laughs> games and now it's like, oh, James is going to be interested in this. Is, is me buying Zach, Don Broco tickets. Like, d- <laughs> please don't leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll see your shows with you. <laughs> It'll happen to you. And <laughs> you can come to Don Broco if you want, mate. We can, we can I don't even talk, know what that is. We can talk about <laughs> That's how far behind he's left you. <laughs> yeah. it's, Sorry, it's mate, a new I, Pokemon. There's, there's no saving you now. Um, <laughs> no, we'll check it out. It, it goes up open. I, I'll link the trailer after here. Cool. Um, just for you, Ed. Just yeah, for you. Yeah, nice, thanks. Otherwise, you'll stab me with your blacksmith. To- yeah, that's it. I'm going to forge a sword just to kill you. <laughs> you'll, rip out, you'll rip out the hyphen between well and played and stab him with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go into off topics very, very quickly because we we're going to push a, a big runtime here. And Jordan has got six files to edit. Ed, you are the special guest tonight. You get to do 90s film of the week. The 90s film of the week. How exciting. What do you got for us? My 90s film of the week is True Lies. Um, yes. It's just an yes. absolutely sensational film. Good man. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you haven't seen it, you're clearly not living right. So <laughs> go and watch it because it's one of the best films ever committed to celluloid. Nice. Uh, highly recommend. Have we all seen it? Have, have we all seen True Lies? Betcha Adam yeah. hasn't seen True Lies. Fuck off. I saw it I have. recently. Like, <laughs> I think I saw it during COVID. Like they also game. even had a, a licensed game tie-in. I think it was. I think I played it on the Game Boy, maybe, and it was actually pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was either like the, it was like an early console, maybe like either Game Boy or maybe SNES. But it was it was a lot of fun. I recommend. I do remember it's a got, SNES type situation, like a side-scrolling thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got big uh, Bill Paxton, mate. 
Oh, yes, so it does. Uh, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. You can watch it on Disney Plus if you have a subscription. Actually, the fuckers charged me the other day. I had a 12-month free subscription. Didn't even give me any warning. Just dogs. Um, it's, also got, it's also got uh, Elijah Dushka. Does anyone remember the, know the, who that Elijah is? Elijah Dushku? Yeah. Yeah, the name's going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Do you know what's funny, though? Because, you know, I recently watched... Everything Everywhere All at Once, oh, which has good. Jamie Lee Curtis in it. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And seeing all the stuff with Jamie Lee Curtis, how she is today, and even in that film, I still have such a crush on Jamie Lee Curtis from watching True Lies back in the day because she's an absolute babe. Man, you should nice. see her in Scream Queens. She still kills. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. So, Kieran, you and I can talk very, very quickly because we watched The Menu. We did. It was brilliant. Oh, Not yeah, together. Boys. We didn't know. But we watched it. Thanks for the invite. No worries, mate. We watched it with our respective <laughs> partners, I believe. It was, yeah, it was great. My partner doesn't really? like horror films, really. And it's not really a horror horror film. It's just got a sort of creepy vibe and a really cool concept and some really awesome twists and well put together. It's got Ralph Fiennes of Voldemort fame, or I guess he's more famous than Voldemort. But Is he the uh, guy that brilliant. shagged old mate up on the corners plane? What? What? What was the other fuck? <laughs> Sorry, come again. Oh. Uh, okay. Hang on. Hang yeah, on. Real Let's get a fact. Let's get a fact check here. What are I'm you googling? Like, Voldemort fucks on plane. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right, he does. I'm sick of this motherfucking Voldemort. <laughs> no, it, was, it was Ralph. Is this Ralph? Which Ralph. one is this? Yeah, Ralph, big, Ralph it, who? What the fuck? Big are you Ralph, talking about? Ralph. 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 Skill up. It's <laughs> Big Ralph finesse. He um he finessed on the uh, on the corners. Shit, mate. Good job, man. First class or cattle class? That makes all the difference. There you go, mate. Can't believe you. How could you not remember this? Big news back in the day. Anyway, carry on about the the menu. (laughs) We all know what he wants on the menu. Anyway, please carry on. Uh, Yeah, but go watch it. Go watch it immediately. Disney Plus. Uh, Disney Plus. Is it? I, I yeah, read well, somewhere yeah. or someone told me that it was a sequel film. Is it a sequel nope. or is it? No, 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 no. Fully standalone. All right. Go in without a trailer. Oh, just, the guy just, from just Warm Bodies, in. isn't it? The main bloke? Yeah, Nicholas Holt. Yeah. And he's I would have said Skins, but yeah, Warm Bodies so, is a niche I was piece. Say <laughs> skins, yeah. mate. Come on. Yeah. And he is so good in that. He's the, the most punchable character in the history of punchable characters, but he's, yeah, he's very, good. very good. And it's Anya Taylor-Joy as well, right? Worst name in in history, worst AI in history, most punchable bloke in in history. Mate, it's it's all happening. Historical podcast. That's right, that's right. Uh, I thought, um, I've forgotten the main lady's name, Anna. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. I thought she was very good in, in that. So was Big Ralph. She was very bold features. The original casting was meant to be Emma Stone. Oh, yeah. I, I could I, I could see it working as well, um, but yeah, you're right. Everyone in that movie does an exceptional job. Have we have have we all seen it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I no, I haven't. Watch okay. it. Okay, then I won't, then I won't proceed with that question. All right, let's move forward. Any, anybody else got anything other? Tortilla. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I <laughs> I watched the horror movie uh, Barbarian. Um, mm. 
Yeah. See, I watched it Get last it. week, but I specifically waited until you were back to talk about it. <laughs> um, really, really good time. Fucking hmm? uh, Barbarian. What, what is it? Oh, no, I'm thinking like Conan the Barbarian. It, it's Conan. about a, uh, I guess like an Airbnb stay yeah. gone horribly wrong um, is, is the elevator pitch. Um, I, I wouldn't look it up. So, similar to the menu, yeah. like sort of just go in not knowing as much as you can uh, because that movie takes such a turn. Like the first half an hour or so, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. It's it's a movie. It's setting itself up. And then some stuff happens. You're like, okay, There's yeah. There's a lot of misdirection. Yeah, exactly. And then it hard cuts to something that like I sat bolt right up and I was like, okay, okay, let's see where we're going with this then. And um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure you do. It doesn't really disappoint. Um, I think it's like, like the perfect three out of five horror. Like I'm probably never going to think about it again, but I had a great time while watching it. I think I enjoyed it. It's Disney Disney plus Plus as well. I think I enjoyed it a little bit more because of the context around where it's set. Yeah, um, that's fair. And, and like like Zach and I discussed, this is also the setting for Don't Breathe. Mm. Mm. I, I thought as much, yeah. Mm. There's actually a, lot, a fair bit of Don't Breathe DNA in this um, in some strange ways, yeah. I was just thinking about Don't Breathe for some reason randomly as you were speaking, uh, talking. If you enjoyed Don't Breathe, definitely give this a look-see. Have you seen yeah. the second one of Don't Breathe? Yeah, I have. It's, it's absolute garbage. Don't okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what they were thinking. Do you like it, Zach? No, I was just. No, I thought it was pretty, pretty average. I don't, actually don't okay. remember what happened. You, the bad guy being the hero. Oh, that's right. Yeah, what and a do- fucking was awful it, idea. Was the dog in that one, or was that the first one? No, there was a. I feel like there was a anyway, dog free from um, anyway. Adam, Ed, you got any off topics for us? Nah. Um. Nah. I went yeah. and watched uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Just kind of. Yeah. Was it terrible? Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like anything I've watched Marvel since Endgame just isn't reaching the heady heights that it once did. Um, and I, you know, I I enjoyed it while I was watching it, but I don't think I'll ever think about it again. <laughs> don't um, think you're alone in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nathan, right. anything yeah. from you? A couple of flight films to and from Japan. So on the way back, I had a great time actually because I was looking through the in-flight entertainment. Didn't have any on the way there, but on the way back. Nice library stack with some recent hits. So the first thing I knocked off was Park Chan Wook's uh, decision to leave. Oh, which how is was a it? kind of oh brilliant. I was absolutely on the edge of my seat for the nice. full three plus hours. It's like two <laughs> films in one, but breakneck pace, and I couldn't look away. It's kind of a romantic thriller. I want to say it's kind of a bit like Gone Girl in, in so Ooh, much as this is okay. Yeah, like like the, is the the girls kind of like. I don't know. There's a romance at the heart of it, but there's like all this kind of tragedy playing out around this romance. And no, I loved it, loved it, loved it. And the other one was Babylon from uh, the Whiplash and La La Land director, writer. Uh, No, that one's getting some mixed reviews. I actually had a heap of fun with it. It's way too long. It's like three and a half hours. And it kind of unravels a little bit towards the end. But um, yeah, uh, Marco Robbie is just absolutely living it up. Uh, it's telling like the, the period of, uh, Hollywood history that we no longer know about, you know, that period of like silent film that all went up in flames cause none of it was preserved. And it's this uh, period of like absolute excess and decadence where there's nudity on film, you know, basically like softcore porn and shit in the cinemas. This is before the rich fobs and the high society came in and installed, you know, ratings and, uh, highbrow entertainment. And so the reason why it's called Babylon is because we don't, you know, we don't know anything about Babylon anymore. We know it's a civilization that exists. We've got fuck all about it. 
And this is about a period of Hollywood history that exists that we know fuck all about because it was all pretty much burned. Really cool. Had a lot of fun with it. Very, it's it's a it's a romp. It's very excessive, and it's all spectacle. Uh, really, really uh, a lot of spectacle, <coughs> but I had fun with it. Nice, cool. All right, well, let's uh, let's wrap it up there. We're nearly pushing the two-hour mark. Paul Jordan, we love you. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Jamie who has put up a update on the Open Critic Challenge. It's there in Twitter. Uh, hopefully, I'll put a page up at some point. Um, but I think Adam's the highest ranked well played person and who's winning? Me. You're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who's winning. Hang on, let me quickly go to the Discord. I got I got two perfects. Nice. Yeah. I'm having a shit time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm not oh, doing great. Uh, oh Dylan. The games are good. Dylan is currently Dylan. winning. Dylan Blarou's fucking on 16 points, the little dog. Unreal. Um, <laughs> on top, and then you got Jamie, who was last year's winner on 18. Actually, no, sorry, little little Rixie and Adam are tied at uh, 22 points each. Mm, battling yeah. it out. All right, cool. Well, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. Ed, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Don't wait Always another 18 months uh, <laughs> to come back on. Please come back again soon. Kieran. I will. I'll see you next year. Next time, next time you get a break between proofing, we'll see you again. Yeah, next year, man. All right, bro. Uh, everyone else, good to see you. See yeah. you next week. Likewise. And to everyone, have a good weekend and stay safe and all that stuff. Bye. 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 Be good. <laughs>